If you are anticipating a stressful Thanksgiving dinner, take heart from this story. Stress at the dinner table is as old as time. If your family is divided about politics, or child rearing, or your weight, or the cranberry sauce, Jesus has your back. If you have aggravating relatives or people who say inappropriate things, you can find that at Jesus' banquet too. As we continue this story, we've heard Jesus school everybody on who to invite to dinner and where to sit, not be grabby about the best places. As Midwesterners, we already have that down. After you, no after you, no after you. We can go on all day perhaps trying to ease the tension. One guest says, happy are those who eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is off again with another lesson. The image of God hosting a great banquet, as we heard from the prophet Isaiah, was so familiar. Everybody would have known right away that Jesus is talking about God's realm. And in his time, if you were having a big feast, You would tell everybody ahead of time approximately when it would happen, save the date, as it were, and they would say yes or no. So these guests have already RSVP'd. They're expected to be there. They've already told the host they plan to come. Blessed are those who eat with God. It sounds like the guest is agreeing with Jesus, but really he's trying to lecture Jesus. This is the uncle that will lecture you about politics at your Thanksgiving dinner. He's reminding Jesus that only certain people will get into the kingdom of God. In that day, you had to be shiny and perfect, not a sinner. Our understanding of disability has changed. And all of those people were meant to be left out of the realm of God as people understood it then. Now we understand disability differently. We understand limitation. We understand learning differently. So breaking bread in that day meant you were at the top of the heap. But Jesus says this, don't take your invitation for granted. You can be replaced if you don't show up. Before the final banquet, we get all kinds of invitations from God. Some we miss. Some we think we're too busy for. Some we doubt, we think God can find someone better than us. Some we tuck away in our minds and God circles back. In one church I served, the nominating committee asked a young mom three years in a row if she would do something. They asked and she said no. They asked and she said no. They asked and she said no. The fourth year they wondered, should we ask again? But they did and she said yes. And when I asked her why, she said it was because their persistence made it seem like God speaking. And sometimes God closes the door. The door has to close for the banquet to start or to get our attention, to give us a nudge to get ready, to tell us to learn something new. This happens for organizations too. As a church, we close some doors so we can fling others wide open. We've decided to be a certain kind of church, which means some people will not feel comfortable here. They're welcome, and we're not going to change for them. A church consultant says that churches need closed doors as well as open ones. They say, I'm convinced that the main sin of the church 
is that we have taught ourselves to be nice instead of being followers of Jesus. Niceness alone is the death of many places. He goes on to say, before renewal begins, normally someone has to leave or be denied. Every time a dying church tries to thrive, someone tries to bully them. And almost every time a turnaround takes place, some people are lost along the way. Not even Jesus got to the end with all of the disciples. Why should we expect to? Closing a door means that we care about the church. We care about the people. We care about the future. We close the door on some behaviors and some patterns so we can fling open the door to God's future and God's promises. Again, the genius of a parable is that it can mean many things at different times, like our lives. Where do you find yourself in this parable today? Are you the host, frustrated that no one is coming? Are you filled with regret, the guest who missed an, invita an invitation? Are you outside the door waiting to be invited in? Do you have the power to do the inviting? In youth group, we used to sing a song about this parable, and it was the height of hilarity in high school to change the words to, I have bought me a wife, I have married a cow. We were so busy with that hilarity that I think we missed the point of the story. But we don't have to miss it now. When God hosts the banquet, the door is open for anyone who wants to come. If we refuse, God will keep going, keep inviting, keep flinging open the door. God will find someone else to start the project, love the people, share the joy, join the party. And when God hosts the banquet, who gets the place of honor? The lost, the sick, the doubting, the people on the edge, the sinful, the confused, the humble, the unseen workers for God. May we learn from the doors that God closes. May we fling open the doors that we can. May we have the wisdom and the courage to seize God's invitations. In Jesus' name, amen.